couple shots before we get started with the podcast. Okay. You are listening to Black and Behind the Scenes. All right. Hey, guys. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And thank you for tuning in for Black and Behind the Scenes. We're back for another episode. Yeah. (laughs) Brittany, how you been? Good, good. No complaints over here. Um, a lot of stuff on TV, so... I know. This the fall so season. Much. It's my favorite season. Yeah, television watching. Yes, absolutely. Um, because <laughs> there's so much to watch on my DVR. It's full. Yeah, everything's... I mean, the theaters are full of stuff. I mean, the DVR set. Netflix is, like, popping all their stuff out left yep. and right. I mean... You want to stay in and cuddle up. I mean, it's time to do it. It's Netflix and chill season. <laughs> All season, baby. <laughs> it's time to chill up in the house. It really get, is. Get your little boo, the cupping boo. Mm-hmm. Cupping season, yeah. yeah. Find you someone and plenty, cuddle up. It's plenty of content. I don't mm-hmm. need to be watched. It really is. How about your week? Um, Not too bad. It's been pretty busy, but um, overall, it's just good. Um, I'm glad that, um, it's just been chill for a little bit. Just had some clean home to do and mm-hmm. washing of the mm-hmm. hair and that's a whole process. Whole process. So yeah, um, I'm glad I made it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm here and I'm Shout happy. Out. Shout out to the naturals and their whole, oh, yeah. you whole guys day know. process, hours process mm-hmm. for their hair. I mean, but even when I wasn't natural, it was still a process. So regardless really? of what, yeah, girl, yeah, it, it was always a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always. Well, what's going on on the industry rundown? <laughs> All right. So let's jump right on in so first up guys i just want to send our condolences out to audrey wells who is best known for her work as a screenwriter for the film under the tuscan sun and most recently the movie the hate you give Mm. um she passed away last thursday after her five-year battle with cancer Mm. so yeah we want to send our condolences condolences out to her family and friends um for their loss um that was just really sad for the industry and Mm -hmm. hearing that news on the cusp of the movie being released and everything so that was just really sad to hear that yeah we'll definitely keep her family and her colleagues in our prayers absolutely yeah um Oh, okay. Then on a lighter note, guys, um, Denzel Washington, Mm. whose film career has extended over five decades, will receive the AFI Life Achievement Award Mm. at next year's ceremony. So, yay! That's awesome. He has an an extensive career. Oh, absolutely. Really extensive. Um, So, this award was established in 1973 and honors individuals for his or her life um, contributions to enriching American culture through motion, picture, and television. So, Denzel Washington definitely covers um, all those basics. Um, He's been here for a minute, been doing his thing for a long time, and I'm just glad that they're finally acknowledging him um, for the work that he's done. Um, But I did want to ask you, Brittany, what is your favorite Denzel Washington movie? Ooh, think about it. Whoa, you hit me, you hit me. I did. Um, I came out of left field with that one. Okay, so before I say this, mm-hmm. what my favorite movie is, are you one of those people, I'm kind of one of these people, that thinks that Denzel plays the same person, like he kind of has the same tone, same character uh, in all of his films? Yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. So with that bearing in mind, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and Malcolm X. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. All right, nice. But some of the later stuff, it's kind of like the same Denzel. Mm, okay. All you know? right. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Because he still has the same tone a little bit. I just, tone. But it's Denzel. It is. It's Denzel. I love him. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite Denzel movie? Um, my favorite, I would have to say, because when I thought about this question, the first movie that came to mind was John Q. Um, oh, first off, I loved no. it. What? That movie is a snooze for me. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Brenda, you have no heart. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. I anyway, know, I know that's unpopular opinion. No, oh, I do not like John Q. Oh my god. Okay, so uh Brittany. John Q. Mo Better Blues. Oh, yeah. I like Mo Better Blues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Malcolm X, of course. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He has to be on the list. But yeah, those are my top three, I would okay. say. Okay. It's interesting that um, three of those movies we name are Spike movies. Yeah, they yeah, are. I mean, because he's been in tons of <laughs> yeah, them. He's been he has. Time. And I like other Denzel movies, but those were the top three, I have to say. I was like, okay, let me... If I had to narrow it down, which ones do I love? And those... Those stuck out to me. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, congratulations, um, congratulations Denzel. Denzel. Absolutely. We love your work and can't wait to see you do Equalizer 4 or 3. Oh, no. Next. Please, let's not. No. Okay. Next. Okay. <laughs> you just, oh, I can't with you today, Brittany. I can't. I see what kind of show we're going to have today. No. Oh, no. <laughs> just full of shade. Next. Um. <laughs> next one, Industry Rundown. So, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but um, it's being reported that Netflix is set to launch Choose Your Own Adventure interactive shows. Hmm. Okay? And it's going to start off with their first, well, with one of their hit shows, Black Mirror. Hmm. Um, And this will be released, actually, before the end of the year. So, we'll be able to see this um, before the year's over. So, I'm kind of excited about that. Before the end of 2018? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, they're working on it now. Um, So, they've actually done this before. So they hooked up with the streaming giant um, with a growing platform, and they they started out last year with Puss in Boots, Trapped in an Epic Tale, and then had a choose-your-own-adventure story for children. Hmm. So they had the same concept, but it was just more so based for children to be able to choose their own ending. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. This is kind of like back in the 90s with the series in the book Goosebumps where you got to choose your own ending with the book as you were reading along. So you could choose whether you want to walk through the door or if you want to climb up a ladder or something. Like, And every option that you choose is going to have a different ending. This was reading the book and had the different options? Uh-huh. Yeah, they had different options. Hmm. No, not familiar? No, I missed that part of Goosebumps. Oh, my God. I know somebody out there read the Goosebumps books and got to choose I mean, your I own different endings. I read Goosebumps. But yeah, they I don't remember having uh-huh. to choose your own ending. Yeah, I think they like re-released some of their classic books, and then they oh. um they you were able to choose a different ending with okay. those, and then some of the newer stories you were able to. So I remember those, and I used to read both sides of the story. Like sometimes you had to flip the book the other way right. to get the other okay. side of the story. It was really cool. So I'm excited to see um Netflix play with this a little bit to see how this is going to air out on television, and I'm assuming how it's going to work is that. With the Netflix app, it's going to pop up on television, like, which direction you want the character to go into. And then on via their app, you have to select it that way. That's the only way I could think of it working out. Because okay. you're not, okay, but... <laughs> I mean, no, I think it's cool. I think it's cool for the fans. Uh-huh. I'm thinking as a creator. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be cool for you to, to shop around two different options for your stories. I mean, yeah. a lot of movies have extended cuts or mm-hmm. um, alternate endings. 
I feel like it, it, me as a creator, I'm like, this is the ending I chose for this movie. You I know wanted what? to say the ending <laughs> I chose for this series. But no, I can see how it's fun. It's interactive. Yeah, it's it gives interactive. you options. Okay. And it kind of plays off of what we talked about our last episode, how like TV's become more interactive, yeah. getting people involved. Yep, more integration. And yeah, they're calling this genre as interactive narrative storytelling. So this is something different. And you know Netflix is they're trendsetters because they're the ones that started binge watching and kind of putting all their series out at once versus waiting every week to put them out. So I'm sure this is going to be a success. I'm yeah, excited it about it. I mean, it's it's just on the same version of mm-hmm. um, virtual reality, augmented reality, that type of stuff. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah, here for it. Yes, I can't wait to see. I I'm think not, I might watch Black Mirror just so I can. I see think how so this too. Play I was out. I was just about to say that because I I'm not a fan of Black Mirror, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. So I'm really interested in watching this season to see what this is all about. Yeah. So yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Um, next up, guys, um, I don't know if you guys heard about this one yet, but during an exclusive interview with EURweb.com, Damon Wayans announced that he is leaving Fox's series Lethal Weapon. Mm. Did you hear about that? I did. And how did you feel about that? Because I was shocked. I was in the airport when I read that, and I was like, what? <laughs> well, I wasn't really shocked because, um, you know, this summer... He got into it with his co-star. True, you know, it was that true. whole drama. I remember, I remember. Um, he got injured um, right. or something like that on the um, episode that the guy was directing. And then that co-star um, is no longer a series Part regular. Of the series. Right. So they got a new person. So mm-hmm. I was assuming that he quit the show because of that and he's just tired of it. Oh, okay. And I thought maybe that has something to do with it. I'm pretty sure it does. But I did see the article mm-hmm. that said he was quitting and he said that... um. He's a 58-year-old diabetic working 16 hours a day. He's right. just over it. Mm-hmm. And... Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he only goes on to say it's hard for me to play a loving, supportive father, husband, friend on TV and be the guy in life that's telling everyone, I can't, I have to work. Um, so yeah, he's just having a battle right now between work and like family life and having that balance. And I'm pretty sure as an actor working in the industry the way he has, um, and being a series regular, I don't know what the pressures are, but 16 hours a day shooting, I believe he's shooting now until the end of December or so he was saying, um, straight without any, you know, breaks or stops. So I'm pretty sure that can be rigorous and tiring for people, you know? Yeah. And I think, isn't this his, um, first television series regular show? Mm, no, wasn't the show that he had um, My Wife and Kids? Oh, was that yeah. not like a regular series? It was. Yeah. I forgot about My Wife and Kids. Yeah. Okay, so so he's used. I think he's used to it. He but he ran his it. own. Yeah, I think he ran his own ship there, and he kind of set up his own schedule. And okay. I think it was a little bit different. Maybe younger, not diabetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was younger, had more energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, right. I get it, Damon. Right. Um, take your break, boo. Yeah, you know. And he said he also said he's going back to the stage and getting back. He wants to laugh again. Um, okay. find laughter. So I thought that was nice. I get it. I totally get it. Okay, well, best of luck in your future endeavors. Yes, and we'll be watching and waiting to see what you do next, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so next up, um, if you guys remember, in our first season, um, I introduced you guys to MoviePass, which was basically a subscription-based movie uh, system that you could sign up to subscribe to see movies, um, depending on what type of service that they offer you. MoviePass is exclusive or something like that with with that, with the details. Um, 
check out our last season episode on that. But I'm going to jump into a new um, subscription-based service that is out right now that's competing with MoviePass. And that is AMC's subscription program um, that's offering better deals than MoviePass that just launched. Um, it's called A-List, and it's for $19.95 per month. And basically, it's offering services for users to be able to go see movies at the AMC movie theater, which makes a lot of sense because they have their own theater. They should have their own subscription services versus MoviePass trying to come in and steal their competitors. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's this has been launched for 14 weeks now. Mm -hmm. um, they have over 400,000 subscribers. For $19.95 per month, mm -hmm. you can see up to three films per yep. week. And you're not limited to um, the type of theater. So you can see IMAX movies, yes. the Dolby digital cinema movies, mm -hmm. 3D movies. Yep. All that is included as well as um, the perks that you get for the other stubs premiere. So yep. discounts on food and drinks, mm -hmm. free size upgrades on food and drinks, and priority lanes yes for the concessions and for movie tickets so i mean i think that's a pretty good deal if you have the the discretionary funds for twenty dollars a month mm -hmm. and i mean because then that's more of an incentive to see movies that you wouldn't normally want to pay yeah to go see mm -hmm. because that's twenty dollars a month even if you go see two movies out the month you pay for yours. Oh yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I think it's a good it's a good deal. I think it's a great deal too. I mean, personally, the only thing that I would say that I would love to include with that is is can I bring someone with me? Like, can I have somebody come with me on that pass also? Maybe once uh, a week. See, it's just like you black people. You know what? Y'all always want to get something <laughs> for nothing. Look, if you're going to give me a deal, I want a deal, okay? okay. I'm not going to go to the movies by myself. You already got come the on. deal. So, no, no. that means you and your mm -hmm. other person, y'all are split on a ticket. Oh, you, that means you only have to pay one ticket. You still winning. No. Y'all can't no. offer y'all nothing, man. <laughs> Offer y'all nothing. Oh my god! I knew somebody was gonna be. Like, well, can I sneak in? Someone well, go with that? Hello, can you I do have me? movie dates. I mean, come on, it could be an incentive. I would definitely sign up for it. Like, you know, you can bring a boo once a week. Okay, let me bring it up. Yeah, okay, and that's still a cheap movie. If you if you sign up for this and you pay twenty dollars a month. That means you essentially are only paying for one ticket if you bring care. a date. You know what? I don't care how much money I make. I'm always going to be looking for a deal. So I no. want that deal, AMC. Think, think about it, AMC. You know, you're trying to compete with MoviePass. This is what make me sign up. Let me bring a boo. Okay? Well, you know what? I don't think there is going to be any more competition with MoviePass, to be honest with you. Because since we reported on that MoviePass um, <laughs> price, it was $9.95. Uh -huh. You can see one movie a day at right. that time. Right. In August, they reduced that to three movies. Movies per week mm -hmm. increase the price to $14.95 per month and there still are limitations on newly released film mm -hmm. in addition to that this summer they lost 126 million um they're losing subscribers yeah and they're struggling to keep afloat right now so i don't think there's much of a competition and i don't think that's much of an incentive for AMC to let you to let you and Pookie them in there. You know what? <laughs> and on that note, according to... <laughs> I can't with you. So, according to Market Watch, a spokeswoman, um, a spokesperson, yeah, a spokeswoman for MoviePass said in June that the company was thrilled that AMC has finally stepped up and embraced a model that they've known all along that will work for the future of their industry. Shade. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, it was pretty much, I knew that that was going to happen. MoviePass came out with an idea, and AMC, and, and also, if you remember when I reported this, um, MoviePass, you didn't, you were not able to go to all the AMC theaters right. with MoviePass um, submission. Right. So, that was interesting. But yeah, um, with the with the AMC A-list program, you can only use it at AMC locations. Come on, guys. You can only go to AMC, and they do not issue cards. So, do you know how you get the membership with it? Because I didn't see that. I, I just don't know. But I do know two people who signed up already, so I'm going to ask them okay, how cool. they uh, receive their tickets. If mm-hmm. it's an app or something. Hopefully, it's a little bit easier, because who wants to get a card? I don't need another freaking card. Like, I would love, like, if it's an app, I can just swipe and go yeah, and do your probably thing. probably most likely easy. The app, yeah, it makes okay. sense, yeah, right. but yeah. Well, if you guys are interested, if you go to the movies a lot, mm-hmm. um, AMC Stubbs A list program is a pretty look uh, attractive deal, as it far is. as I'm concerned. Even if you don't go to the movies a lot, I think this is an incentive to bring back people back into the theaters, Absolutely. and that's why, um, yeah, I think that's what is why it's necessary to have it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool, all right, what's next? All right, guys, and that's it for industry rundown. Cool. next on deck Brittany yeah so it's time for the spotlight oh. and today we are shining a light on Nakia Stevens she is a screenwriter and founder of damn right originals which is a screenwriting label company that coordinates production branding and marketing for their in-house talent the writers there are committed to stories that are catered to um the perspectives of women of color and um people of color in general so you can watch their award-winning content on their site, nice. www.damnrightoriginals.com. They also have a YouTube channel with oh. a bunch of short films. They have an award-winning um, web series called Cream and Coffee, oh, written cool. by Nakia. Um, I watched several of her shorts, and um, I really enjoyed them. And um, I like the web series. Cool. I just subscribed to their YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Absolutely. Um, Nakia is doing a great thing. I think that's dope that she has this um, agency for screenwriters. Absolutely. And it's catered to people of color. So that's really dope. That's very uh, cool. That's why I wanted to highlight her. So shout out to you, Nakia, for keeping it black and keeping it real and keeping it creative. And behind the scenes. Thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And front and behind the camera. That's right. Wonderful. So we're going to start first with Insecure. Insecure Mm -hmm. just wrapped. Yes. It's been renewed for a fourth season. Yay, Insecure. Excited. Yeah. Excited. I thought overall the season was pretty cool. I thought it was cool too. Mm-hmm. It was a little, a, a, I, it wasn't as exciting as the first and second season for me at least. Hmm. Um, in a sense of there wasn't a, I don't know. I just felt a little, a little, a little dry, just a little. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. only because I felt like they, I know they were diving into the characters more and getting more of their perspectives and a little bit more, you know, of their personalities in there. But it just wasn't focused on one particular topic throughout this right. season, in my opinion. Yeah, the characters were definitely more layered and I feel like that was more of a concentration this season. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel your sentiments on um, it seeming 
a little uh, melodramatic this season. Yeah. Um, and that could be because they only have eight shows per season. Yeah. And that was something that a lot of the fans lamented about this season and the showrunner, showrunner, the <laughs> showrunner, <laughs> Prentice Penny, he acknowledged that the fans want longer, um, want longer seasons. But yeah. um, what a lot of people don't realize is that it takes a lot of time and probably majority of the year to run a series. Um, so mm-hmm. Insecure runs for, um, I think they work on the show, I'm going to say either eight to 10 months out of the year. That's a long time for eight episodes for them to extend it. That means they will have to, of course, invest more money, invest more time from their creators, from their writers, from their crew. And as well as the actors, um, it absorbs a lot of your time being in a series. So he acknowledges that the fans want longer episodes. And I'm, I don't know if that's something that they are going to work on maybe in the future, but I think people are like, okay, you only gave us eight episodes and we didn't really get into the meat and potatoes of this We night. really didn't. <laughs> we really, I felt like it's over. Like, that's it. No no more episodes. It's, it, okay. Yeah, honestly, that's how I felt. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I thought Insecure was awesome as as it is in all its seasons. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to them for always highlighting um, Inglewood businesses, yeah. locations. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really dope. Um one thing that I didn't particularly like was this whole Lawrence is not going to be on this season. And then it was like, surprise, he's here. Like, we didn't need that. It was yeah. not necessary. <laughs> that little uh, surprise. But you know what spoiled it for me? The internet. Because I didn't see that episode yet. Because That's why you can't. <laughs> I know. I can't go on the internet. Um, Yeah, Instagram spoiled that for me. And I was like, what, why is Lawrence doing interviews? Like, what? what is this? What, why? And then I was like, oh, duh. He's on the show now. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of, yeah, that yeah. sucked. Mm. But shout out to um, Prentice and Issa for yeah. um, another great season. Yes, congratulations, guys. Um, I saw an interview where Issa said um, that she has no desire to change her cast or crew or to explain blackness to her non-black audience. Because believe it or not, which I thought this was interesting, 62% of the viewing audience for Insecure is non-black. That's not surprising to me. Honestly, it really isn't because... It's it's a universal story. Like anybody can relate. Like I I watched Sex in the City for so many years, and those are four white women, and I loved it. Yeah, like, it's but not... the difference between that, I feel like Insecure is um, more, uh, I guess, black in its cultural references and its. Um... But so are a lot of white shows, and I don't get a lot of stuff they talk about. True, true. true, Like, it's so are the white shows. They're just like that sometimes. Okay. Like, I don't get all their references they talk about, but it's a good show. If it's a good show, it's universal. Okay. Well, you know what? This is a good... This is a perfect segue into... (laughs) The perfect segue into... Black shows cater into white audiences and dumbing it down. Issa's saying she's not doing it. She's not going to explain her blackness. Mm -hmm. But we got a lot of shows... We got some shows we're going to talk about. So, mm. okay. Okay, let's jump right into it. Let's jump into let's, it. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. go to our first Give show. Give us a water. Let's go. Take a sip of your tea, honey. So, our mm. first show that we're going to talk about. Now, these are shows um, that are on broadcast networks. Yes. So broadcast, Fox, ABC, CBS. Those are your broadcast news channels. Yeah. Um, Filtered well, shows, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah. filtered. Very mm-hmm. much so. 
So let's talk about Rail on Fox. Let's it's talk on about Sunday it. night. Yeah, stars little Rail as Rail. Yes. Um, Sinbad is his father. Uh huh. Uh, and Jessica Moore, aka Just Hilarious, mm-hmm. you may know her from Instagram, pays Rail's best friend, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise of the show is Rail is a recently divorced dad living in Chicago, and he's jumping back into the dating game, getting refamiliarized with his single self, and you know, just trying to make an adjustment after this law life altering decision right. to divorce his wife. Who slept with the barber? <laughs> okay, okay. So, yes. real. My thoughts on real. Yes. What are your thoughts, Brittany? It's not funny. I know. It's just not funny, and I want I, I want to be a champion for this show because one, Me too. I like Little Real. I even like his stand up. I, I haven't his, seen his stand up yet. Yeah, I've seen. I him. like him though. Yeah, I like him. He was funny in um, the Carmichael show. Yes, he, he was. was funny in Get Out, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that he may be a great supportive character and not someone strong enough to take the whole lead on the yeah. series. I'm sorry, Shay, but no shade. I agree. This I absolutely it's agree. It's not funny. It's not, and I don't like a lot of the jokes that they with the crackhead jokes and you know some of the things that they said within the show itself. I don't know who's right. Do we know who the writers are? You know what? I it's know. Real. Yeah, I know. And Gerard, I love Gerard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who or why they thought that stuff was funny or, or why. I don't. I don't get it. But you know what? I didn't. Have, I didn't take an offense uh, to those type of jokes. I just didn't think it was funny. I I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like that energy. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, didn't I like it. it. I, I didn't like those stereotypes. I didn't like a lot of that banter. I just I I thought it was too uh, slapstick. I guess mm-hmm. in a sense mm-hmm. that kind of comedy. Like it's just it's just like no, I I don't like it. Okay, but you know another thing I don't like about this show is also oh, real does these um, characters. See, I told you. So I he, told had, you. he played like a preacher. And then like a thug, but he doesn't have the range. Like it's to not, play and it's not like it can't be done because Eddie Murphy's done it before. Um, Cedric the Entertainer done it before. Martin. You know, Martin's done it before. But no, no you need to stop, hon. He, when I saw him, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> he did not get on there and do that. He did not. Are not funny. <laughs> no, they're not. It's just like a caricature of him. It's just it like is. it's what. It's disappointing because I'm glad to see Sinbad back on. I know. On the screen. I know. Oh, me too. And I think um, just hilarious. I think she's doing a great job acting in her role as yeah, a best friend. I think, I think so. Funny. She has potential to do other things and expand her wings and go. What's so funny to me is that you can hear her uh, Baltimore accent. Oh, for sure. She's trying to cover it up so hard. She really is. And she's supposed to be yeah. so old as the Chicago. <laughs> it is hilarious. But, um, I, I mean, I want this show to do well because of Sinbad, because of Jessica and... I, again, I think Lorel is hilarious, but this show is not cutting the mustard for me. No, I don't. I'm not feeling it either. I'm not. The, I'm not here for it. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll well, pass. Lorel, uh, do better. Yeah, please do better. <laughs> Gerard, you know better. <laughs> Y'all know better. All right, so let's jump on to CBS. All right. CBS, um, interestingly enough, in on Monday nights has. Two black lead shows. Now, okay. why is that interesting, Brittany? Like, why why did you say it's interesting? Well, because uh, our darling CBS <laughs> has not given us a black sitcom 
since the Jeffersons. You guys heard that, right? You, you, you heard that. But let me also preface this. <laughs> there was a, the flash in the pan of the what? The Superior Donut? Superior Donut. That happened Before, in 2007. Yeah. Okay, so Superior <laughs> Donut was a show on CBS. It wasn't a black show, but it had a black male lead. Mm-hmm. And that guy, Jeremy Fowler, was the first black sitcom lead in Generations. Okay. That show was canceled after two seasons. And yeah. so, which leads us to our two black shows, mm-hmm. Happy Together and The Neighborhood, coming yeah. on Monday nights. Okay, right. so let's go into let's Happy dig, Together. Let's, let's unpack I this. Like yeah, let's unpack this. Two Damn right. <laughs> so, Happy Together, created by Tim McAfee and Austin Earl, mm-hmm. both white creators. Okay. Okay. Stars let's... Damon Wayne mm-hmm. Jr. as Jake. Yes. And Amber Stevens West as Claire. And mm-hmm. for you guys, um, Amber was Maxine on the Carmichael show. Yeah, so she was, and I loved her character. Mm-hmm. Yes, I absolutely so, did. The premise of Happy Together Jake is an accountant to a cool celebrity client that unexpectedly <sighs> moves into their home after he breaks up with his girlfriend. Jake and Claire try to reconnect with their younger, cooler selves. Um, after this new celebrity moves in, because they basically feel like the old couple. They binge watch TV, schedule sex, make Costco trips, come up with silly voicemails. And so now they're trying to, you know, reclaim their younger selves. And it's all about them getting acclimated to their new younger house guests. Okay. Um, to be to be honest with you, mm-hmm. I thought this show was funny. I thought it was funny too. Okay, okay, I thought it was funny also. Okay, don't get me wrong, guys. I love Damon Wayans Jr. He is hilarious. He's silly. He's silly. I lo- he just makes that's what made the show for me. I just thought it was really funny. Like he's, I don't know, he's just hilarious. I love seeing him in shows. I loved him in Let's Be Cops. Like I love what he does. And Amber West is also hilarious. I love them together. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how they would mesh, but I think it's a good pair. I think they're they're the right amount of corny. Yeah. Put together. Because one of my problems with the Carmichael show was I just felt like there was not a real chemistry between. Um, oh, Gerard and the yeah, yeah and I agree. Like, yeah, I agree. She was just a little bit too cornball for me. Okay, they yeah. seem perfect together. They do. And Amber. Yeah, um, and, and this, and I thought it was funny. Like I I'm thought it was gonna, funny. I'm gonna continue to watch the show. Now let me tell you why. Okay, a part of the show I don't like. Now see, I don't think the little kid Felix um, Cooper, who plays Cooper in the no, yeah, the celebrity guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the celebrity guy. Yeah, he plays Cooper. He's not necessary. I honestly don't want to see him on the show. I don't know why he's no. I know why he's there, but I don't want to see him on the show. I think it'll be great with just Damon and Amber. Well, Claire and Jake. Honestly, I just want to see two couples, like whatever that story could be, figure it out. Because I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go with this little Australian kid as a superstar living in their house. Like what? Yeah, I can see that. I just don't get it. I, I don't. How much How much of a story can you keep writing from that perspective? Mm-hmm. Like how much stuff can you guys get into? Okay. Yeah. I just. I can see that. And a part of me thought they were going to write him out because in the first episode, he kind of like leaves their house and goes back with his girlfriend. So I thought it was like, okay, that's over. So let's start the series with something else. Because it was the pilot. But no, he's staying. Now, I don't know why you thought they were going to write him out. Well, when I was this, hoping. Again, we said CBS has not had a black <laughs> sitcom since the Jefferson. So you ain't getting no all black cast. 
around here. It would be so. I mean, but I am glad to see um, Victor Williams, who plays the father of um, of Claire, uh, Amber West's character in there. He's from King of Queens. He was a best friend um, in in that show. And I love seeing him on screen again. But I just, I would rather see the two couple. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. Are we on board with saying we will continue watching this? Yeah, I actually will. You yeah. know, I just want to see. I'm curious to see how they're going to play this out, okay. honestly. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, you watch. guys, we're suggesting that you yeah. check out Happy Together yes. on CBS Monday night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It comes on right after The Neighborhood. So, let's get into The Neighborhood, y'all. Oof, let's get into <laughs> so The Neighborhood. So, The Neighborhood is created by Jim Reynolds, mm-hmm. a white guy, who is actually the producer for The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. It stars Cedric the Entertainer as Calvin, mm-hmm. who's also an executive producer on the show. Mm-hmm. Tashina Arner as Tina, mm-hmm. um, his wife. Yes. Marcel Spears as Marty, one of his sons. Um, and Marty was on ABC's The Mayor that ran for one season, was canceled. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> and Max <gasps> Greenfield, which is Schmidt from New Girl. Um, Doesn't ring a bell. Continue. You don't watch New Girl? <laughs> no. What? Schmitty? Okay, never mind. <laughs> and Beth Byers as Gemma, his wife from Two Black Two Black Girls. Two Black Girls. You wish. <laughs> you wish. Two Broke Girls on CBS. <laughs> they had a show, Two Black Girls. <laughs> two Black Girls on CBS. That's what you'll never see on CBS, all right? <laughs> say what we won't see on cbs okay <laughs> two black girls okay so the premise is um the neighborhood is a comedy about what happens okay y'all these are not my words these are the words from, <laughs> these are the words from the website okay okay what do they say the neighborhood is a comedy about what happens when the friendliest guy in the midwest moves his family to a neighborhood in la where not everyone looks like him or appreciates his extreme neighborliness. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Wow. The um, white family name is the Johnsons. And what's the black family's name, Brittany? The Butlers. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Think about that. So. Hmm. Hmm. And there was a joke in the movie, in, in the first episode about their last name. So, I didn't care for that too much. Let's talk about. Is there anything that we like about the neighborhood? No. Okay. Let's talk about what's problematic. <laughs> okay, let's just start there. Let's just about go there. the neighborhood. All right. This is problematic. Okay, let me first say this. I get what they're trying to do. When I watched this show, it gave me very much um, Norman Lear vibes, mm-hmm. which um, you guys know Norman Lear is um, creator of shows like The Jeffersons mm-hmm. and All in the Family. Right. So. The Jeffersons is a spinoff of All in the Family. Mm -hmm, It's very much this reversal of there goes the neighborhood. Look, these whiteys are moving into our neighborhood. Look what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all going to hell in the handbasket now. Um, So it's about, you know, what happens when you do when, you know, there's a guy who wants to be left alone and then there's an annoying guy who won't leave him alone. That's the premise of this sitcom. Mm-hmm. Like I said, very Norman Lear-ish style. I get it. But it's problematic on several... Several. Several, several layers. layers. Several. Um, because 
there's a larger theme of gentrification. And yeah. And since when, since, since when was that funny? Yeah. Gentrification is not funny. So we have themes of gentrification about preservation of black communities, Mm -hmm. black culture, racism. And these are all real problems, but I don't think they're problems that can be done on a comedic level. And I don't think that the creators are going to delve deep enough for the audience to really get any type of um, real understanding or enlightenment from these shows about these problems based on this show. Um, No, and it seems like this show is just to get people who are actually um, gentrifying these neighborhoods to feel a bit more comfortable about where they're at. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's like, oh, well, here's this here's this television show about what's really going on in the world, about how, you know, you guys feel comfortable about living in these black neighborhoods. Yeah. And I saw one um, article say it was like reverse racism because in the show, Cedric the Entertainer is the person who's annoyed. He's yeah. The, he's the Archie Bunker yeah. of this series. He's annoyed mm-hmm. that the Johnsons... Or have moved across the street from him. Or not across the street from him. Next door. Next door to him. Yeah. He's annoyed because he feels like this is a black neighborhood and it should stay black. And the first episode they have like a barbecue. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I'm going to say a barbecue because it wasn't a block party. But anyway. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. And he did not want to invite them to the block party. This man had no reason not to like the Johnson. Yeah, no. Okay. Other than the fact that he was white. So, the first episode goes into... This whole idea that black people can't be racist. So, yeah, yeah. Cedric the Entertainer, his comment was, there are two types of racists. <laughs> one who hate black people and ones who love black people. So he believes that the Johnsons are one of those type of people who are like, look, I have my one black friend and I live in a black neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> And so that in turn makes him racist because he doesn't, he loves black culture. Right. But not black problems. And I get what he's saying, but eh, it's problematic. I think it's, I think it's overtly racist. (laughs) It's just wrong. It's just wrong. And plus like, this is 2018. I don't know one community in which it's all exclusively one race of people. Like, not all That's because we live in this area, though. No, but even... Okay, I'm from Texas, y'all. And even in my neighborhood, like, there are quote-unquote black communities, white communities, mm-hmm. we can say that. But nobody is appalled when the black people move across the street or the white people move across the street. I just think it's realistic for somebody to be like, oh my gosh, some white people move next door to me. Unless this, okay, so this is why I say that. I because, think it's because of our generation though. Because we're a little bit more open and acceptance to like different cultures and different things. But I just feel that there are people who get taught that kind of, Oh my God! You live next to black people, or oh well, this, and you know it's a little it's it's a little weird for them. Yeah, I can see that, but they also tried to make this neighborhood seem like it was the hood because in the opening scene there was this reference of gangs right. screeching down the street, like in their tires, and then they have a crackhead who live, live across, across the street. Right, but the butlers are 
business owners and I, it, it, the whole neighborhood dynamics is not adding up. Either this is the hood but, but and, see, it's, and it's the projects or it's an affluent suburban neighborhood. But see, it doesn't matter. A lot of times that's that's what it is within these sitcoms though, regardless of if it's a black great neighborhood or not. Because I remember one show I was watching like they call Baldwin Hills like, oh my God, Baldwin Hills is the ghetto, but it's not. It's the black. It's like yeah. the Black Beverly, but they don't, if you're not from that neighborhood, if you're not from, you know, the black areas or whatever you want to call that, then you don't understand what areas are, you know, cer- you know, and not everything that black people are in or everywhere we live at is ghetto or this, that, and the third, and they have these stereotypes against our communities, and every, regardless, I mean, I just feel that a lot of people in other communities equate black to being ghetto, regardless of, right. you know. Or, and lower income because, yeah. let's keep it real, which they said in this show. Yep. The Johnsons that, only that son moved. said it. Said it. Yep. <laughs> the Johnsons yep. only moved there because they couldn't afford nothing else. Right. Right. So. so, yeah, I mean, and everybody knows about the, what the what did they call the red line that, that really exists within um, real estate and how, you know, they divide communities and only allow people to buy within certain areas and stuff like that. I mean, I see it here. I mean, hell, I mean, it's happening in D.C. It's happening in Maryland where everyone is being pushed out to other areas that have, you know, grown up and live in these places. So I just don't think it was funny. And I just don't think... I think it's, I, I get what they're trying to do is they're trying to make everyone feel comfortable, but I just don't feel how you can make this funny. I don't. It's not funny. I don't see and it. And even with, with this premise, I don't think the show is funny enough for it to sustain a captive audience. No. It's just not. And I see what CBS is trying to do. They're trying to gain some viewership because their biggest cash cow has been the Big Bang Theory. Right. The Big Bang Theory is in its last season. Yes. And that's always those shows, I'm gonna say CBS shows cater to um, white nerdy guys or that, that particular you know, audience. Yeah. Yeah. So they cater to a particular demographic mm-hmm. and they're trying to reach into the Anywhere minority. they can go. Yep. Yeah. Anywhere. They're anywhere. trying to keep those viewerships. Absolutely. The Big Bang Theory is leaving. They have, um... Is there anything else on that network that's worth watching besides the Big Bang? I don't even watch the Big Bang Theory, but everybody loves it, so... I watch the Big Bang Theory, but, Um, I mean, so, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to get their minority, um, viewership up, and it's just... It's not working. In addition to these two new black shows, they have, um, a Mexican Magnum P.I., and, um... (laughs) You know what? And, CBS... Jeremy Fowler, who we said was in Superior Donuts, he's working with CBS to come up with a new sitcom. Mm-hmm. Him and Larry Wilmore. Okay, I love um, Larry. Mm-hmm. And Quinta Burnson. Quinta, she is that the girl from Netflix? I mean, not Netflix, from but Buzz YouTube. Feed. You, yeah, yeah, YouTube. So she's yep, the girl yep, yep. from. Okay. Um, oh, he got money. You remember yeah, that? yeah, I know, I know Quinta. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They are in. Um, <laughs> They are working with CBS to partner a new television sitcom okay. about Jeremy and Quinta's okay. uh, like relationship. They're either going to raise a child together or something. I don't know. Something like that. So, we'll see. All right, if, we'll see. Um, what's going to happen? But the neighborhood, man? No. Nah. I don't son. see it. I don't see it for that. I don't see it for real. I see it for um, Happy Together. Yeah. A little bit. You know, 50-50. <laughs> but are these the only black sitcoms we have on um, broadcast networks? On broadcast networks, I, these this is it. I, well, other than like the regular like Blackish and other yeah. shows that are out, but I think these are the new ones that have premiered for the season. But besides Blackish, what else is a black sitcom with a black family, black cast, black leads? 
don't know, girl. I don't they, think we have any. Yeah. See, they trying to get that blackish audience, but this is not how you're gonna do it. And even blackish, the black that blackish audience is moving over to Netflix once um this show, whenever they decide to do whatever it is they're doing with it. Oh, uh, grownish, grownish. That's not on broadcast. It's not. No. Freeform. It's not ABC. That's not. I'm talking about broadcast, which is ABC, okay. CBS, NBC. Okay. Yes, yeah, on freeform. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no. listen, Cedric, we love you, boo. We nah, do. Nah, and nah. I understand y'all need to check. I get it. He's an executive producer on the show. I don't know what the hell fell through with this, but um, we need to get it together. People. And I love Tashina. I'm glad to see her back on TV. I love to see her, too. I mean, I wish Everybody Hates Chris was still on. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was everything. But no, nah, we can't no, get with we the can't. Mm-mm, We can't get with that, y'all. Y'all got to come back from that. We don't mm-hmm. like it. So that's you, a feel. You guys let us know how you feel about the neighborhood, rail, and... um. What is it? Happy, happy together. Happy together. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Did you like it? Did you not? Are you feeling it? No. I know one of the people um, when I posted Rail's show on our um, Instagram, one guy said that he thinks this that show was catered to Middle America, which um, I guess in a sense it is to a certain degree. I just wasn't feeling. I just didn't feel Rail. Mm. I didn't. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Nah. But yeah. Anyway, guys, um, that is it for the show for this evening. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're new listeners, please subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram um, sites. Um, <laughs> and don't forget to like us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and subscribe to our SoundCloud and iTunes account at Black and Behind the Scenes. You can also follow um, myself and Brittany on our Instagram accounts. Brittany, let them know where they can find you at. I'm at Brittany Khan. That's two T's, A-N-Y. Brittany. <laughs> and I am Antoinette Taupe, Taupe like the color. Um, you can follow me on Instagram there. Um, and until next time, guys, I'm Antoinette. I'm Brittany. Peace and out, y'all. Thanks for listening.